Dun da da da, dun da da, dun da da da, dun da 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 da, dun da da da, dun da da, dun da da da, dun da 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 da, dun da da da, dun da da da, dun da 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 da. Okay, that uh, that was the theme song from Indiana Jones, as performed by QP3. More on that in just a minute. Um, and this is the All Things From My Brain podcast. Uh, I am Patrick Hester, author, blogger, nerd, and candlestick maker. But not really a candlestick maker. Um, I just don't do that. Uh, thanks for once again traveling down this podcast hour with me. I do appreciate it. Uh, a quick shameless plug, the blog is at theblog.thenewuniverse.com. That's where you'll find out more about me, uh, about the show, uh, about show notes, you know, links to the different websites that I've gone through during the week to to figure this thing out. Um, Original fiction that I write, uh, semi-daily blog posts. It it all depends on uh, how busy I am. Uh, But it's pretty much all the stuff that you'd expect to see from a blog. So I encourage you to go there, check it out. Um, Leave some comments, you know, tell me what you think. So, uh, so there, shameless plug done. Uh, as the name implies, both this podcast and the blog, all things from my brain, are about whatever happens to be on my mind at the time. Uh, I do offer just the slightest bit of structure for those of you who, who like rules, who like lists and, and organized stacks of file folders and those tiny little labels that you can, you know, you can stick on everything. In this podcast, I will talk about sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Um, that could be books, television, movies, whatever. Um, in addition, I talk about technology, web life, uh, video games, sometimes the world of Warcraft, because that is one of the games that I play, um, books, novels, movies, television, music, and of course my own misadventures in writing original sci-fi and fantasy and the epic struggle to become published one day if I ever decide to call my current novel done and move on with my life. Deep breath. <clears throat> As always, I invite you to kick back for the next hour or so. Sip your favorite beverage of choice. I recommend Southern Style Sweet Tea. Uh, snack on your favorite munchable item and, and join me on this journey to the things that caught my eye and, and made me think this past week. Um, you know, uh, so sometimes this will be longer, sometimes it'll be shorter. Uh, it all depends on, on, on what may have distracted me and what I feel like talking about and uh, telling you, um, you know, what's going on. Uh, and to tell you the truth, I, I have absolutely no idea how long any of these shows are going to be until I just start, you know, diving in and, and uh, recording them and then you and I kind of discover that together. So, so there. First off, I wanted to, to give you an update um, <clears throat> on uh, what I talked about last week. You know, my, my mom, uh, she's doing well. Uh, I did mention that I had to uh, rush her to the hospital last week when she was complaining of chest pains and, and having some trouble breathing. After a, a week's worth of rest at home and, uh, you know, a, a regiment of, uh, of antibiotics twice a day, she's doing very, very well. The doctors are still pretty sure it's pneumonia. So we're just in a wait-and-see mode. Um, I don't have any more <clears throat> news other than that, but I wanted to thank everyone who sent me notes and, and well wishes. I really appreciate that, and, and obviously so does she. Um, it, it, it was very kind, so thank you. Uh, it's interesting to me that, uh, you know, we really do make that switch in our lives uh, or in our lives when our parents hit a certain age where, you know, once they took care of us, we find ourselves taking care of them. 
um, I guess that that really is just the circle of life, and, and each and every one of us has to go through it eventually. Um, so it's it's kind of an interesting process, uh, and uh, to be a part of that. So the intro song this week <laughs> that was um, that was cute. Uh, that was the the, the five year old. I believe he's five now. I, I don't. Well, I don't think he's at six yet, but I could be horribly, horribly wrong um, because I, I, I'm terrible with that kind of stuff. I, I think he just had a birthday at Chuck E. Cheese not too long ago, um, but honestly, I, I really am terrible at remembering you know birthdays and who is what and when and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to go with him. He's five, and um, that was the five-year-old son of, of my very good friends here in town, Q&M. The, the story behind that song is amusing, and, and that's why I wanted to, to uh, include it in today's podcast. Um, my friend Q went to update an app on his iPhone the other day, and uh, imagine the surprise when he received the message that his phone was, in fact, full. Uh, there wasn't enough space left on the device to, to do the update, so <clears throat> he was kind of shocked by this, and, and pretty certain that his phone had more than enough available space to do an app update. Uh, so he started digging around, to see what the heck was going on. This is when he found out that his son, uh, who I, I'm calling QP3, had fallen in love with the new Voice Memo app installed um, when he did the 3.0 OS upgrade on the iPhone a couple weeks ago. QP3 decided um, that he was going to record some stuff for Daddy, so he recorded all sorts of messages, uh, including a couple that were 45 minutes or longer. Basically, you know, he started to record and he set the phone down and walked away. <laughs> Um, but, uh, that, that's basically what ate up all the space on the iPhone. Um, all these little messages, uh, from his, his five-year-old. When he told me this story and played me that clip, uh, I, I just, I, I was so amused and I was laughing. So, uh, I asked him to send it to me because I think it's the funniest thing I've seen or heard in a long time. Um, that kid, I tell you what, though, he's being raised right. Um, he loves Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Spider-Man, and even the World of Warcraft. So, so there. I wanted to share that with you guys um, because I just thought it was amusing and I wanted to share it. So hopefully you guys laughed. On another note, the, the bumper music in between the segments that I, I tried to do last week, I'm, I'm just not happy with it. I, I know that I can do better. And I think that's the problem. That's the whole weird perfectionist in me. Possibly the uh, obsessive compulsive in me. I'll continue to use some of it, but I really need to get something different um, that I that I really you know feel comfortable with and like. If you know what I mean. Um, the, the the stuff that I did, I don't know. I feel like it's half-assed. So. Until then, um, the bumper music is probably going to fluctuate a little bit, you know, until I get settled on something that I that I really really like. Um, I'll probably continue to use some of the stuff that I've already created, but it's going to change. So, just a fair warning there. Okay, on the blog this week. That's the blog.thenewuniverse.com. I had some decent posts and wanted to uh, draw your attention to a couple of things. First off. Uh, episode two of the podcast got off to a very bumpy start. Um, I have always had troubles with my high-speed Comcast internet connection here in the condo I'm in. <clears throat> really, it, you know, it's an apartment. This isn't what I would normally think of as a condo. But, you know, the apartment building went condo and people bought their apartments. Whatever, I don't care. Anyway, I've always had issues 
with Comcast, and I've gone round and round with them over it. And uh, you know, first they said it was my modem, so they replaced it. Then they said it was my router because I had a Wi-Fi router on top of the modem. So I replaced that with a different one, a better one. Um, then they came back and said that again, it was my modem. Um, so I bought an all-in-one cable modem and Wi-Fi router, um, and, and got rid of, you know, the two pieces of equipment. Now I just have one, um, brand new stuff, hot off the store shelves, best you know, that I could afford the time. Um, so not, you know, bottom of the line, not top of the line, but you know, towards the middle. And again, you know, had problems, uh, the same exact problem. And they came back to me and said, well, it's your equipment and we need to change it out. And I said, this is just ridiculous. You know, this is brand new. Um, it's got to be something else. You know, I think we have pretty much eliminated the possibility that it's my equipment because we've replaced every single thing and it's still doing the exact same problem. So there's something else going on. So they finally agreed, you know, to come out and, and, and do some testing. And they pulled out all the coax that you can see in the apartment. So, so nothing inside the walls. But um, the connection points, they replaced those. Um, they replaced any wires, you know, going off to the TVs and, and to the, the modem and all this kind of stuff. Um, and that didn't fix the problem. Then they came back and they did it all again when I got a TiVo. And uh, they couldn't get a strong enough signal from the box on the street to the wall to set up the TiVo. TiVo just could not get a connection. So they had to do some more rewiring. And they, they did some stuff inside. They did some stuff in the box. And they barely got um, enough power level to to get the TiVo set up and still I have you know internet connection problems um, so now they've basically told me that there's nothing they can do to fix the connection issues except to rewire the entire building I said awesome great you know I, I'm so glad we finally figured out the problem let's go ahead and do that and take care of this they replied So anyway, when I do certain things like play online games, stream video, uh, upload files via FTP, it could be you know a, a, it could be less than a megabyte, um, or if I just you know breathe in the same room as something hooked up to the internet, uh, my connection will suddenly go into the toilet and I'll be offline for hours. Some sort of hiccup happened when I uploaded episode two last week. And only half of the podcast was received. But the server said that it got the whole thing. My client, Cyberduck, which is what I use to, to FTP on the Mac, um, said that the whole file had been set successfully. It was like 45 meg or something like that. Um, but everything was, was all fracked up. So I had to redo the whole dang thing on Monday, which is when I, I realized that there was a problem, you know, and, and, and figured out what was going on. So if you downloaded episode number two on Sunday night, you got a messed up version, and I apologize for that. Um, I'm going to watch it very carefully to make sure that episode number three gets up to the server correctly and is intact. Um, but, you know, I, I pretty much blame Comcast. I wish that there was something else I could switch to, but there's not, not right here. We're not allowed to have satellites, so um, HOA rules. Um, and HOA sucks. So, uh, Second, I have a new podcast mic that I'm using today. 
Uh, it looks very retro. It's 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 a it's a very different kind of mic. Uh, makes me feel like I'm like I'm an old time you know radio announcer. Like I should have a an ear thing on over my ear, and I'd be going you know, um, hello, Mister and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea, something like that. You know, the Edward R. Murrow thing kind of. Um, <laughs> drama was had in receiving the dang thing. And uh, some have said that my complaining about it is only giving the company in question some free advertising. Okay, you know, I, I get that. But if I don't complain, it's, it's just going to drive me nuts. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, but the, the major details are up on the blog. If you're, if you're that curious and you want to know more, you know, definitely go there and check it out. But basically the box came wrapped in warnings. Uh, warnings about damaged merchandise um, not being returnable. Warnings not to accept the shipment if the package was ripped or torn. Um, that you're supposed to refuse it right then and there. Um, more stuff about not bothering the the seller, the person that I bought it from, the company. Um, if there's any damage, if there's parts that are missing, or if it doesn't work, you know, enough of this stupid stuff to make me feel really, really insecure about the the entire process and and feel like I I've bought a lemon. You know, and just second guess the whole purchase. Um, have buyer's remorse. It, it really the reason that I'm kind of, of, of complaining about it so much is because, from a marketing standpoint, I am a marketing director. It's a great example of massively stupid packaging, just scaring the living hell out of your customer. Um, you know, if 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 you're covering your product with all this warnings about returning it, about damage, about missing parts, um, about how you're not responsible for it, that they should contact the manufacturer. I mean, that gives no consumer confidence whatsoever. And, you know, I cannot fathom that anyone in their marketing department is okay with this or has condoned this messaging, you know, going out on their project, um, on their products. So that's why I'm complaining about it. And it's kind of funny. I sent an email to a marketing guru who I follow. Um, he wishes to remain anonymous, um, according to his email. He's like, unless I say otherwise, you know, consider this off the record. So I won't tell you who he will, who he is. But uh, I sent him, you know, uh, kind of a, a detailed message about this, saying, you know, what the heck? You know, look at all this stuff that they're doing. How can a company like this survive? And his answer was very succinct, um, you know, brevity being um, the strongest part. And he says, well, because they're cheap. And he's right. I mean, that is how companies like that survive, which is kind of sad. Um, I guess that's just who we are anymore as a society. You know, the cheaper the better. You know, let's all go to Walmart. So, luckily so far, um, the mic is working. Uh, I think it sounds great. Um, I, I kind of like it, so uh, we're good there. The last thing I want to do is have to contact that stupid company with any issues. So, you know, here's fingers and toes crossed that everything's going to work fine. Lastly, I, I did post some original fiction up on the blog this past week. I announced that I would uh, in last week's podcast. Um, if you're unfamiliar with flash fiction, it's it's smaller than a short story and is usually no more than a thousand words. So you know it, it's it's really easy for you to just you know jump in and, and grab it. It's um, it's a complete story. It does have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, and with flash flash fiction, you you have to tell your story quickly. You know, be very concise. Um, that way the reader can take it, you know, in just a quick little bite and then they can move on and do other things. Uh, flash fiction is huge in Asia. I read about it a couple of years ago. Um, but it's finally started to, to take some root here, you know, in the West. 
uh, it's something I've been experimenting with because, you know, wh while it's so much fun to build these massive worlds and, and play in them, you know, it's also nice to take a break. See what you can come up with and just play with something for a little while, you know. And if you don't want to commit yourself to a, like a full short story or, or a novella or something like that, flash fiction is perfect. And from the reader standpoint, you know, if you don't have the time to commit to reading a book or, or reading something a little bit longer, flash fiction is great because you can get, you know, little bursts of information. Um, so, uh, oddly enough, the, the original conception for my, my novel, uh, Sam Cain, um, was to serialize it as flash fiction. Um, each chapter, you know, coming in under a thousand words so that people could come read a chapter and then if they didn't feel like moving on, you know, they could do something else and then always come back. Um, I've since changed that up since I'm going, you know, for this, this straight novel concept. But that the, the punch of that flash fiction, of moving very fast, very strong, um, that still exists throughout the novel as, as things just, you know, keep happening to her that she's having to deal with, you know, the, the main character, Sam Cain. I'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Uh, anyway, the, the, the flash fiction piece that I put up this week is called Dungeon Master. Um, it really amused me to write it. it. It made me feel, you know, like I was going, you know, back in the day when uh, my friends and I would sit around a table uh, in the library at our school and, and play um, Dungeons and & Dragons. Um, I, I strongly suggest you to go check it out. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy with it, and it amused me, so... Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, a second piece called Ghost Story. Um, I said last week I was going to put them both up, but I, then I changed my mind. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about doing like an every Thursday event on the blog where I, I put up a different piece of flash fiction. Um, so watch for that. You know that that'll that'll do accomplish a couple different things. One, it'll force me to write something new every week, which is always good. And uh, two, it'll give you a reason to to come back to the blog and check things out. So uh, watch for that. Um, okay, enough of uh, enough of blog talk. I do actually have um, some news and stuff to cover this week, so I guess I better get going. Okay. Alrighty. Um, technology update. <clears throat> First up on tech news today. How would you like to pay royalties every time your cell phone rings? Yeah, no, me either. Um, if the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers have their way, that's exactly what will happen. Um, well, the cell phone companies will have to pay, and um, of course through their higher fees and different things, you and I will have to pay as well. This is all over the net this week, but I'm, I'm looking at an article on Macworld.com. This is from July 2nd. Um, ASCAP, which is the acronym for the above-mentioned American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, has filed suit against AT&T asserting that ringtones qualify as a public performance, and as such, they need to get paid. You would think, or at least I would think, that this would already be covered under the normal royalties paid by you know companies like AT&T when they sell us their ringtones or include them on the phones that we buy. But I guess that is, is what's being debated here. Um... Now, what makes this interesting to me is the fact that you can basically turn any song you want into a ringtone. There's all sorts of software out there that lets you do that. Even GarageBand, you know, has the functionality now. You just click a button and take any song that you want and turn it into a ringtone. So does that mean that anyone who does this is creating a public performance and, and owes ASCAP money? I don't know. But um, 
you know, is your ringtone a public performance? No. I, I'm sorry, but I don't think it is. It's not like you're you're sitting there, you know, holding up your phone and saying, "Hey, everybody, listen to this," and then you know the phone rings. Um, this is this seems to me like this is just their way of getting their foot back in the door um, to crack down on what they're perceiving as a as a digital rights quagmire. It's something that they themselves are creating. I don't know if there is a bad guy here. Um, the phone companies they made a deal with whoever owns the rights to the music. Whose fault is it at that company, that label, whoever made a bad deal? Um, it's certainly not yours or mine. We have absolutely no control over what ringtones these companies make available to us. The whole thing smells like the RIAA to me. You know, I don't like them because I don't believe that they actually represent the artist when they do all these little lawsuits over, over copyright. Um, I think they're just representing the label. And as far as I'm concerned, screw the label. I could care less about them because they don't care about me or you or anybody else. Um, I'm sorry, but it's true. They screw over the artists with their these you know all-encompassing contracts that take away the artists' rights to the music that they create, um, the publishing rights. You know every little thing that they can possibly make money on, they take away from the artist, and then they turn around, you know, and they put out basically studio trash. Um, and they call it music and they expect us to purchase it. You know, this is why I thank the universe for iTunes. Uh, the RIAA hates it. The labels hate it um, because they want to sell us crappy CDs. But we love it because we only have to buy the song that we want, the song that we like, the good song on the CD. Um, we're no longer slaves to the CD format. We can purchase the one song and skip the 12 or 13 that make us want to puke. And they hate that. But uh, back to the ring phone, ringtone thing, it, it, a ringtone is not a public performance. They're, they're just trying to find another way to squeeze another dime out of us. It's really frustrating. <sighs> you know, we're always the ones that end up having to pay for this crap. Um, prices are going to go up. Fees are going to go up. Uh, everything's going to get passed along to the consumer. So, you know, it, oh, you want us, you want the really cool ringtone on your phone? Well, that's going to cost you extra because that's now a public performance because, you know, if you're in a room with people and they hear that song go off on your ringtone, gosh, that's a public performance. You know, you owe us more money. Bull crap. There's a saying about stuff flowing downhill. Well, Here's the thing, people. You know, we're at the bottom of that hill, so we, I guess we better get a shovel and start shoveling. Enough about that. Um, that that's just, it, it ticks me off. It's the stupidest thing. You know, it's just another way to, to squeeze money out of us, so. Bleh. Um, Pandora. I, I, I've mentioned Pandora once or twice before. Um, I listen to Pandora. I like Pandora. It's internet radio. If you're unfamiliar with it, um... It's always been a great way, at least for me, to discover music that I might not have otherwise heard or listened to. The concept is that it's based on the Music Genome Project, which uh, tried to capture the essence of music at its most fundamental level. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia. They came up with 150 genes, basically, that uh, correspond to different attributes in music. Um, and then they went through and they assigned those genes to all these different songs. Uh, and built a database. Based on that, um, they launched the internet radio service called Pandora, uh, where you can go in and you can uh, create channels. You, you can say, I want to hear um, Crossroads by you know Eric Clapton. And it plays that song. 
And then it goes through and based on the you know the genes of that song, it finds other songs in their database that are similar that they think you might be interested in. Um, you can also do this based on artist, um, and then um, you know build a channel on that, and then you can always come back and listen to your channels. It's it's really cool. It streams the music right to your computer through your browser, um, or there are uh, applications I know for the iPhone. I don't know if there's one for BlackBerry. Um, but there's definitely one for iPhones, so and if you're on a if you're on a Wi-Fi network, you can stream Pandora Radio straight to your phone. It's pretty cool, right? Um, I really like it. Well, they've changed something, and I'm not sure that I like what they have changed. So that's what I want to talk about here today. According to CNET News and, and a slew of blogs and, and different sites out there, Pandora announced that they're changing the way that their music submission process works. And they're only accepting submissions um, and music from bands who have a physical CD for sale on Amazon.com. This is a bummer in my opinion. Um, If you're basing something off of the Music Genome Project, then, then I would think there would be no limitations whatsoever. It should include every bit of music that you can find. You know, I don't want to miss out on a great song or a great artist because they aren't on Amazon. You know, I want to hear everything that's out there. Maybe I'm being unrealistic in my desires for music. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe this is a, a new deal that they've made so they can continue. I know that they've had, you know, a lot of problems and they're kind of struggling, you know, under the copyright and the RIAA and all that kind of crap. Um, I suppose in an imperfect world, a crippled Pandora is better than no Pandora at all. Um, and the concept of finding new music is still the same. It's just, you know, not pulling from as large a database as I would like it. Um, and I, I can't get past that. It, it really bugs me. You know, I don't like this deal with Amazon. So, you know, I mean, if you're on Amaze FM, if you're on any of these other um, artist-driven sites where people are selling their music and doing stuff, you know, those songs aren't going to appear on Amazon unless... You're either you have a label or you're paying Amazon. I think it's like thirty bucks a month or something like that, um, to have your stuff listed on there. Which and it just sucks. I don't like that. Um, I reserve the right to wait and see uh, as to whether or not this is going to make Pandora suck or you know if it if it keeps Pandora going. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, in the creepy column this week, um, and this is definitely creepy, Dennis O'Reilly over at CNET News has a piece about his computer trying to change his default search options without his knowledge. Uh, he writes, and I'm quoting here, the, the, the first thing I saw when I booted my PC yesterday evening was a notice that Google had prevented my default search settings from being changed. I certainly didn't want to switch from searching via Google by default. I hadn't even been considering a search change, regardless of Bing's pretty wallpaper. Uh, after some research, uh, he came to the conclusion that Vista had attempted to change his search defaults without his knowledge or permission, and that's just creepy. Um... Last week, we learned that Microsoft installed secret Firefox extensions without our knowledge. And so this week, we find out that um, Vista is trying to secretly switch people's default search over to Bing. Um, I'm telling you, this this is definitely, definitely creepy. Um, it really makes me wonder what else they are installing without our knowledge. You know, what are they doing in the background when we're not paying attention to it? 
so far it seems that the folks in, in Redmond feel absolutely justified in installing whatever the heck they want, whenever they want, and they don't have to tell us. Um, when you talk about Big Brother, this is Big Brother, and this is scary, scary stuff. Um, my skin is crawling just thinking about it. I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just incredibly creepy. You know, if you have a PC and you're running Vista, check and see. Uh, you, your search may have been changed without your knowledge. So you definitely need to go and check that out. Okay, in iPhone news this week, um, we saw the launch of a new app from Barnes & Noble. So this kind of crosses over into book news as well, I guess. Um, similar to the Amazon app, the, the Barnes & Noble app lets you search their online database for books, music, DVDs, you know, whatever it is they have in stock. Um, you can read reviews, take screenshots of a book cover for later, you know, um, to remind you about it. Um, you can order online, and uh, you can even order something and then have it uh, put on will call for you at the local store, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's not bad to have it in the palm of your hand, I guess, but um, I wish it would remember what you've searched for. Um, Basically, I heard an author interview, searched for the book in the app, uh, then went back to whatever I was doing. Um, I think I was at work or something. I just quickly did a, uh, a little search to, to find the, the book. Um, didn't save it, didn't, you know, say put it on one call or anything. I just kind of wanted to check it out real quick. Uh, when I decided later that I, I, I really was kind of curious about that book and I, and I thought that I might want to buy it, I went back to the app and the search was gone. Though, um, that kind of sucked. Because then I had to do a little bit of research and try to remember what it was. You know, it happened so quick. I just caught the tail end of this interview, and it sounded kind of interesting. I didn't write anything down. I just did a quick search. Anyway, um, the app is free. If you shop at Barnes & Noble, you know, it's worth it um, just to have it on your phone. Uh, I, I do like the find a local store feature, but to be honest with you, I can also use the, the, the GPS on the phone where you do the search and... Anytime I search books, you know, it shows me a thousand different Barnes & Nobles in the neighborhood. Um, I think there's one on every corner now. They're kind of like Starbucks. Um, but anyway, it, it's 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 kind of a cool app. Um, you can play with it if you want to or not. Who cares? A couple days ago, this is kind of funny, someone said to me, you are the best source of new iPhone apps. To which I said, thank you. You know, uh, I really appreciate that. that. That's very kind of you to say. And they're like, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, what do you have for me today? To which I responded. I had nothing. <laughs> I was totally blank. My mind just went to, like, the Sahara Desert, and there was wind blowing, and that was it. Um... I've played with and or installed, you know, five or six different apps this week, um, and I had absolutely nothing when put on the spot. I could feel the tension mounting, you know, as I sat there. I was blankly staring into the nothingness that was my mind, and 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 you know, could feel the sweat trickling down my my face, and you know, kind of smiling nervously, just searching for something to tell them, and you know, and I said, Wikitap, Wikitap, you can, you can search Wikipedia, you use Wikitap. <sighs> Not quite what they were hoping for, but boy, I, I you know I was tapped out at that moment, um, which was very amusing. Uh, I even forgot about the Barnes and Noble app um, when put on the spot. <laughs> so um, may maybe I should keep a, a like a list with me, you know, for for when people corner me 
Um, oh, I know. Someone someone needs to create uh, an app to keep up with new apps that I play with each week. Um, that'd be kind of cool. You know, just a, just an app that I can throw in there and say, oh, these are the different apps I played with. Um, so iPhone developers, you know, hey, get coding. Create that app for me. In, uh, in other iPhone news, reports are coming in that there may be some uh, overheating and discoloring issues with the white version of the iPhone um, 3GS. Various sources all across the web have articles about this, uh, blogs, news sites, all you know, you name it. Uh, I was looking at AppleInsider.com, and uh, they're saying that the white iPhone 3GS models are turning brown or pink in certain areas, usually around the edges, when someone is using uh, the iPhone, quote-unquote, intensely. I'm not sure what intensely means. Um, they say that if you are playing video games or navigating with the GPS, um, that that can cause the discoloring. But, you know, I wouldn't consider that to be intense use of the phone. Uh, I do that all the time, and I haven't had, you know, overheating issues. Obviously, any device like the iPhone or smartphone is going to heat up. Um, but there's some folks who think it's, you know, this particular problem is due to a, a flawed battery. Okay, I guess I can see that, but uh, you know, I'm thinking about laptops and how hot they get, how hot my, you know, my iPhone can get. Um, I think it's just a, a natural byproduct of these types of devices. Now, if 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 the dang thing is getting so hot that it's discoloring the case, then there's probably really you know a, a definite issue here. So far, Apple hasn't said much on the subject, so I'm, I'm guessing that we're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach and find out what else happens. Hopefully, it's not a huge major issue. Um, but, boy, I, you know, I'd love to know what these people are doing and, and, and how in, intense um, they are really using their iPhones to get, it, to get that to happen. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't know, so we'll have to wait and see. Okay, one interesting thing to note about video games this week. Um, Blizzard ruffled some feathers with the announcement that they are dropping uh, land support for their upcoming sequel, StarCraft II. Uh, fans responded with a thunderous outcry of dis despair. Blizzard said, and I'm quoting here, uh, We don't currently plan to support land play with StarCraft 2, as we are building Battle.net to be the ideal destination for multiplayer gaming with StarCraft 2 and future Blizzard Entertainment games. While this was a difficult decision for us, we felt that moving away from land, uh, land play and directing players to our upgraded Battle.net service was the best option to ensure a quality multiplayer experience with StarCraft 2 and safeguard against piracy. Fans responded with an online petition and uh, that has some pretty persuasive arguments, um, like this, which I'm quoting. Uh, the battle net sounds absolutely awesome from the sneak peeks you have given us, and people will most likely be using it exclusively, even if they only play single player. However, there is no harm in allowing land play as well, and it does bring further depth and life to what will probably become the top RTS of the next decade. Further, they say, while many of your fans might have internet access with the required speed to play without lag, there are still many that don't, or who would like to play with a friend or sibling residing in the same house. LAN is not an expensive upgrade, but once you have it, it's yours. Internet is something that you have to pay for every month, and in a bad month, 
you might choose to buy groceries instead of paying for the internet. Now, I do want to say up front, I am not a fan at this time of um, these real-time strategy games. Simply because I, I do horribly with them, and I always have. Um, my friends used to kick my butt all the time in these kinds of games, and, and so it's just absolutely no fun for me. Um, but I, you know, I understand why folks like them. My friends used to love these kinds of games. You know, um, having said that, I discussed this last, you know, this last week, um, the push to server-based gaming as a way to combat piracy, and it sounds like that's what Blizzard is pushing out as their primary reasoning here, and and I don't blame them. Um, but in this case, with this particular game, they're going to hurt their core fan base. And, and that is never a good decision, nor is it an easy one to, to make. You know, I'm kind of surprised that they did this. Um, how is it going to affect sales? We won't know until the game comes out. Do I think the petition will work? Absolutely not. Blizzard is not that kind of company. Um, they tend to make a decision and then stick with it, even if it, you know, causes them problems. They might reverse it much, 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 much later. Um, but not because of a petition, and nor will they let it, you know, be thought of as being, you know, in response to the petition. And that's sort of sad. I think the argument to keep uh, land support is valid. You know, um, lag is a major complaint of mine, and it has been since, you know, the beginning of World of Warcraft. Um, it used to be that whenever I went to Ironforge, you know, it was Lagforge. Um, now there's Lagaran. And I can't go to Lagaran unless I point my camera at my feet and and walk that way. You know, and don't look up, don't see all the other players running around. Um, and even then, it's still very clippy. And you know, and I've got a, a fairly decent computer here. Um, so with a real-time strategy game, lag of any sort is is going to be a killer. You know, the real burden here is going to be on Blizzard. Um, if Battle.net can't handle the load, this whole thing is going to blow up in their face. So, you know, I'm hoping that we don't have a repeat of last year's, you know, BlizzCon ticket fiasco. Um, and I do hear that this this, this year's um, went a lot smoother. So maybe maybe just a little bit that they've gotten their act together and they've figured this kind of stuff out. But uh, if there's any kind of lag, if it's anything like Lagforge or Lagaran, then people are going to be pissed and they're going to walk away and they're not going to play the game. And then, you know, Blizzard is going to be rethinking the whole situation. And that might be the only thing that, that really does change Blizzard's mind in the end. So, yeah, um, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens there. But I don't think the, the petition's going to do much. So, there. In sci-fi news this week, I'm going to talk about the Siffy Channel. It's still going to happen. Um, they're not backing down. They're not backing away. On July 7, 2009, the Sci-Fi Channel will flip the bird to its core fan base and change its name and branding to the Siffy Channel. Um, that is spelled S-Y-F-Y, in case you were wondering. Um, I don't believe there's anyone not on the Sci-Fi Channel's payroll who is in favor of this change. Um you know, lots of stuff about this all over the web, all over, you know, podcasts. Um, people basically complaining about this. Um, today I'm looking at a story on the Washington Post. 
Um, and I quote, SIFI president David Howe said that the network wants to bring people who may not think of themselves as science fiction fans. We want to appeal to more women and young people. We want to invite people to see our great range of shows, which will be expanding to fantasy, action, adventure, and mystery. Um, I have this great device. It's called a, a, a translator, so I'm going to translate that to you. Um, what he just said when we translate it into normal English comes out like this. We want to spend less money and do more stupid reality TV and look like every other TV station on the cable spectrum. This is just stupid. It's utterly, horribly stupid. They had a chance to be something so incredibly cool, and they dropped the ball repeatedly, you know, with, with horrible decisions like greenlighting Flash Gordon um, and scheduling wrestling, of all things. Uh, the fact that they are owned by NBC is probably a driving force behind this. They want to become more like USA so they can have all sorts of reruns from the Universal NBC catalog. They don't want um, you know, to, to, to have these genre shows anymore. And since NBC and Universal don't have a lot of genre categories and they do loads of BS reality TV crap, um, if the sci-fi channel becomes the SIFI channel, they'll be able to show reruns of all those crappy shows. I ran it about this on the blog a couple of times. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'll try not to repeat myself too much here. But this, this is a real disappointment to the fans who have supported them for 16 years. You know, think about that. 16 years. 16 years of putting up with the crap that they put on the air just so we could get the occasional jewel. Um, you know, do you know, I, I don't think I've watched... Anything on the Sci-Fi Channel since Battlestar Galactica and Stargate Atlantis ended their runs. Nothing else has really appealed to me whatsoever on that channel. And the name change just makes me want to ignore them out of spite. They, they have a new show coming up, Warehouse 13. It looks interesting to me. Um, so does Stargate Universe. But I don't know that I want to watch anything on the freaking Siffy Channel. You know, it's just such a load of crap. They they want to move away from their core fan base. They you know this is the this is a resounding story. I mean you hear this with everything in Hollywood. We want to move away from this fan base. We want to you know we don't want to be associated with the people that are in their basements playing Dungeons and Dragons and blah 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 blah. You know we want a broader audience. We want this. We want that. God. You know, they can never be happy, never, with what they have. They always try to get more, and then what happens is they dilute it, and it becomes this big load of crap. Where's Isaac Asimov when we need him, people? You know, um, to, to talk some sense into the people who are running the sci-fi channel now. It's just, it, it's really, really frustrating. I, I don't know what else to say about it at this point, so... I'm just going to drop it for now. I'll rant more about it later, I'm sure. Maybe next week. Um, last week I talked briefly about Transformers 2 uh, and some of the um, upcoming genre flicks um, on the radar, and I totally forgot about one. That, uh, you know, it, I, I'm pretty sure this is under your radar and everybody else's, but it really needs to get a mention, and that is a, a movie called Moon. Moon is the story of an astronaut living on the moon, 
Uh, he's under a three-year contract to, uh, to mine helium-3, which has become Earth's primary source of energy in the story. Uh, Sam Rockwell, um, you may remember him from a lot of different movies, including Galaxy Quest. Um, he plays Sam Bell, whose only communication with the Earth comes through taped messages. Life in isolation on the moon is rough, but at least he's nearly done with his three-year contract, right? Check out the trailer. Um, this looks like a really good movie. Um, you know, there's there's um, there's different kinds of things about it on the on the web. It's won some awards. Um, I caught the trailer on Apple.com/trailers. It looks like a really really freaking good movie. Um, it snuck right you know snuck right in. Um, I think it's only in limited release and it's already out. Uh, I'm uh, if you look on the official movie site. Um, which I'll have the links on the show notes. Um, if you if you look at the official site, it was released in, in limited theaters on uh, July 3rd, so just a couple days ago. And more theaters are going to be added uh, over the next couple of weeks. So go to that site, um, check it out, and see if it's playing in your area. And if it is, please go see it. You know, this looks like a great sci-fi movie, and if it lives up to what I think I'm seeing in the trailer, then this is definitely the kind of movie that we need to support so that they will make more like this. Um, so, you know, definitely go check it out. Enough said. I had this... I had this in my notes um, a week ago, but um, I didn't cover it. I don't remember why, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up today. Do you remember when William Shatner started writing books? Um, maybe a surprise to some of you that he had anything to do with books, but he did. Um, they may not have been on your radar, but he did write uh, s- several books um, that were out. I-, I don't even know if they're still in print. I'd have to look that up. Uh, well, and he had some help. Um, there was an uncredited author that worked on the books with him. Um, his name is Ron Goulet, I'm going to say. G-O-U-L-A-R-T. Goulart? Goulart, maybe. And uh, who knows? I probably but- butchered the guy's name. Anyway, um, they wrote these books that were released in the 90s, and uh, they did fairly well, if I remember correctly. There was a lot of hype about them, probably just because it was Shatner, you know. I never read them. Um, I kind of meant to, and I always kind of stared at them, but even I looked at them and said, oh, William Shatner's writing a book? Seriously? I don't know that I want to read that. Um, so I never really got around to it or picked them up. Uh, I remember, though, at the time that they, you know, they were made into comics, um, and then the television series came on, um, starring, uh, TV megastar Greg Evigan. I say that because he seemed to be in everything that was on the air back in the 90s and, like, late 80s, um, and 70s. Wasn't he BJ and the Bear? I remember that. Anyway, um, those books are coming back. Uh, it's, it's the tech books, T-E-K. Um, that whole universe is coming back. According to Slice of Sci-Fi, uh, Blue Water Comics has released a new series based on the Tech War novels. Called Tech War Chronicles, the series is based loosely on the original book in the series and follows the story of a 22nd century police officer who is disgraced and put in prison for a crime he swears he didn't commit. Uh, Later, he is mysteriously released, and uh, he has to cope with how the world has changed since his incarceration. I remember the TV series. I remember the Greg Evigan thing. Um, I really liked it. Uh, The concept of of this tech, T-E-K, it was this illegal, mind-altering, you know, technology slash drug. 
uh, and that was kind of different at the time. Um, I don't remember seeing that before. And the stories were pretty strong, you know. It, it was something different. It was it was out there. So, um, the article that I'm reading says that they are they're keeping the themes from the original stories, which is loss, faith, redemption, injustice, frailty hidden by a facade of strength. So you know I can see this kind of doing well. Um, it's it's interesting that he's not they're not expanding the universe they're just kind of going back to the beginning and starting you know showing that over you know starting with book one uh, but I can see it doing really well as a comic any any sort of sci-fi piece I think does well in comics simply because you don't really have the limitations that you would have um, doing a TV show or a movie you're, you're not going to go over budget you know um, you can go as big as you want, as far as you want, um, you don't have a budget um, that's that's constraining you. So, um, comic books, great thing, um, great place for this kind of stuff. So, you know, check it out. It, it might be worth reading. in sci-fi news. This past week saw the American premiere of last year's Doctor Who Christmas special um, over on BBC America. Uh, the Next Doctor is the name of the episode, and it's uh, set in 1851 and finds the Tenth Doctor, played by David Tennant, um, visiting Victoria, England. Um, Victorian, with an N, Victorian, England, at Christmas, of course, and uh, coming across another Doctor who is chasing after a cyber creature. Um, this new Doctor is the Doctor. He has a companion, he has a TARDIS, and he's fighting the Cybermen, right? So he's the Doctor. Um, but he doesn't remember anything else. So it's up to Tenet's 10th Doctor to help him out and figure out what's going on and stop the Cybermen who are trying to bring forth the Cyber King. That's really all I want to say about the plot. <laughs> um, the, the show has a lot of good twists and turns and definitely gives us a Doctor Who fix with a great adventure, but I don't want to, you know, spoil it for you. Um, it has the usual elements... Um, that, uh, you know, make Tenet's Doctor one of the best. You know, a lot of humor, uh, a lot of action and adventure. If you didn't catch it, hopefully you have it on your TiVo because it's definitely worth checking out. Um, you may or may not be aware that we are only getting four specials um, of Doctor Who this year. And the next one is going to drop on BBC America on July 26th. It's called Planet of the Dead. It's got Michelle Ryan, the former bionic woman, on it. Um, she's hot. So uh, you might want to check that out. Uh, it already aired earlier this year uh, on the BBC, uh, but we're getting it on July 26th, so check that out. Uh, and other Doctor Who news, I picked up uh, a DVD of Doctor Who for $8. Um, it's called Doctor Who and the Infinite Quest. This was an animated series that the BBC did in 2007. It aired uh, on the BBC in 12 three-and-a-half-minute segments. Sort of like the original Clone Wars when uh, that debuted on Cartoon Network. Um, all 12 segments, when combined, make up you know a single Doctor Who story. Uh, this thing was completely off my radar. I, I had no clue that it existed until I came across the DVD the other day in Best Buy. Um, it was very amusing. Um, you know, I went ahead and watched it. It's definitely for kids. There wasn't uh, you know a lot of substance to it. Um, 
but it is an extra piece of Doctor Who. Um, you know, it's a Doctor Who and, and, and Martha story. So, uh, you know, it's just another little fix to, to get us through the year. Um, very much worth checking out, you know, kind of amusing. So, um, the animation style was very different and a little bit weird. I don't know that I would want to watch a full-blown show using that type of animation. But uh, other than that, it's, it's just something else to get you through the year. So, um, check it out. $8. Not painful at all. Okay. Um, personal writing update. I, I've mentioned before that I've written a book. Um, Sam Kane is the title so far. Uh, it's a little over 100,000 words, and right now I'm in the editing process. This is, this is the story of a young woman living in modern-day Denver, Colorado, who discovers that the world is very different from what she thought it was. Um, magic is real, number one, and there's this secret world that exists side-by-side side with the normal world that she's always known. Uh, and she's thrust into that world, kind of against her will. And she has to figure out um, where she fits in with that world before, before basically it kills her. Um, so how is that going? Well, better. Uh, a lot better than last week. I managed a lot of editing, you know, um, since the episode two, uh, mostly in the last few chapters. And, and that's because I wrote them very quickly over, over a single weekend a couple weeks ago. Um, so I feel that they still need some work. The, the basic idea for those chapters is there and it's solid. I just need to expand a little bit on that. Um, and that really is my writing style. That That's how I've done this all along. Uh, I sit down, I create the chapters, I push the stuff that's in my head out onto the page just to get it out there. And then, you know, I revisit that until I feel it's where it needs to be and is complete. I, I will say, when it comes to writing... I think we're we are our own worst enemies, and this could be you know anything that we create. I'm I'm really bad at hating my own stuff once it's written. Even now, I'm second guessing what I've created and thinking that it has to change, uh, that I have to change it. That yeah, that's not a good thing. I, at least I don't think it is. I, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Um, the the trick I think we all have to learn is when to let it go. We create something, and then we tweak it, we adjust it, we massage it, um, we play with it over and over and over, you know, and if we're left alone doing that, nothing will ever see the light of day, because we are constantly trying to make it better. Um, we need to let other people read it, we need to let other people in, let them take a look at it, tell us how we've done, and what doesn't work for them, and then we need to take that feedback you know, to heart, um, and hopefully it's constructive criticism, and um, essentially, you know, we have to let go, we have to let it go, um, and then turn it loose, that's difficult for me, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now, and it's probably the most difficult part of the entire writing process, and I think that's why when you, when you read about different authors, and read about their process, they almost always have, you know, that trusted editor, that trusted person that helps to keep them on course and helps them to, um, you know, get this, you know, get the product out, you know, um, and get it the best it can be. My plan still stands that I've talked about before, you know, um, getting the story to a point where I can push it out to the, those people that I trust, 
uh, and let them give me the feedback that I that I need, um, and then take that again back to the page, um, make the changes that I need to make, and create the best possible story that I can, and then shop it around. So th that's what I'm working on. Um, that's where I'm at right now. Okay, you know I've 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 been prattling on long enough for this week, so I'm going to call this podcast done. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming along for the ride. I, I really do appreciate it. I will see you again next week. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to check out the blog, All Things From My Brain, over at theblog.theneweuniverse.com. And if you are so inclined, you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash A-T-F-M-B. That's an acronym for All Things From My Brain. Whatever amuses or interests me during the week gets talked about on the Twitter feed, and a lot of the show prep happens in real time, sorta. Um, you know, as I link to stuff throughout the week, and you know, as I'm researching and reading the billions and billions of news feeds that I subscribe to. So, uh, if that's something that you're interested in, please by all means follow me on Twitter. If you want to comment or ask me any questions or suggest anything cool that I should be paying attention to, but it's just not on my radar, please visit the blog.thenewuniverse.com and comment on the episode notes, or um, feel free to email me. Uh, I've got an email set up for this, podcast at thenewuniverse.com. Uh, and maybe, you know, if, if I get some good questions or good comments, I'll even cover them, you know, on the podcast next time. So definitely send those in. I hope you have a good week, and until then, I will see you later. Mm -hmm.